Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints Podcast. This one's greatest with Joe Yim from Knox Ave Barbecue in Chicago, Illinois. Well, first off, I have wanted to talk to Joe for a long, long time. And actually, we had gone back and forth for about four years, so it almost seemed like we had already done this, and this was a part two. But this is the first time we've spoken on the show, and I am so excited to share his story. One great thing about this is if you're living outside of Texas, or you live in Texas and you want to work at a barbecue joint, and you want to maybe open up your own someday, but you want to hone your skills and work hard and, and learn the ropes, he's done that. He lives in Chicago. He'll tell his story about his pop-ups and the different things, his trip to Texas and how there was an epiphany and how somebody in his family had an epiphany as well and explained that to him. But then he knew that he had to go to Austin to work. And so he worked at Terry Black's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, which puts out a tremendous amount of volume. It's a great place to learn. And then he helped open up Truth in Houston, Truth Barbecue in Houston. So he talks all about that. That's super interesting. Really gives a lot of backstory as to the opening and how they dealt with a lot of different things and learned a lot through that process. And then he went to work for Leroy and Lewis for a couple months on his way out. He ended up working at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. So he has learned a tremendous amount. And when he went back to Chicago, he got a primitive pit and everyone assumed that he was going to start doing pop-ups. And he kind of assumed that he was. But he goes into depth and it's really poignant and really heartfelt and very introspective because he talks about the anxiety and the panic attacks and the not wanting to cook barbecue at all with all these people wanting him to cook barbecue. So he talks in depth about that and it's a really important chapter in his life. And during that chapter too, he went on the TV show Chopped and that's that's interesting. It, this whole story, I don't want to get too into it because he goes into it in detail. But I'm really glad that we spoke because I didn't know a lot of this. And I feel like I know him a lot better. I can't wait to hang out with him in person. And I think you will too. He has a great YouTube channel. I'll put a link below. I'll put a link to a couple specific videos that I want you guys to watch. As well as, he does consulting now. So if you're a barbecue joint anywhere across the country and you need some consulting, he has that knowledge. I'll put contact information below for that as well. But I can't thank him enough for taking the time and for being so forthright about everything. And if you're enjoying these, please subscribe. That way you don't miss out. Hit the bell notification. I put a couple of these out per week so that way I could show up in your feed. I have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com. But at the end, stay safe and be sure to visit your local barbecue joint. Good evening, good afternoon. For me, good good evening, Joe. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Finally, yeah. uh, glad we're able to do this, so. Yeah, yeah. And like you had said, it seems like we had done this before. Yeah, so. <laughs> feels like it's part two. So we'll just say it's part two. We'll say it's part two, but we'll rehash some of the stuff that we missed <laughs> yeah. in, in part right. one. So so did you grow up, you're in Chicago right now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I grew up in Chicago, uh, but I spent most of my life like in the burbs right before high school. We moved uh, to suburbs and I kind of spent most of my time there growing up. And then I went to school uh, in Chicago as well because I was um, trying to go in for teaching. So I figured it'd be probably be best to work and go to school in the city that yeah. I plan on teaching anyway. So it kind of worked out. Um, and then okay. I ended up back at the same school district that I went to uh, high school at. Uh, really? So you're at yeah. one of your rival high schools? Yeah. E even though, uh, oddly enough, I hated high school, but I ended up being there to teach. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. High school wasn't like I had some fun, but I was so happy to get out of high school. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. College is much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to school in San Diego and it was just like being away and free. And it's, yeah, it was wonderful. Well, describe Chicago for people. Is there a feeling that, like, is there a, because you do you love Chicago? 
Yeah, I do. You know, I, I guess it's kind of strange because because I grew up in Chicago my entire life, I never really could decipher what was different because to me, that's just how things are. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like I was in Austin and, you know, even though Austin had, you know, its diversity, but it's mm -hmm. like a young booming town now, um, it wasn't really until I, I came back home and like, I was like, wow, like the diversity in Chicago is something that's different or any like major city, you know? And then it also hit me again when I moved to Houston. I was like, I'm just like, I haven't eaten like Korean food or Asian food that much when I was living in Austin. And that's almost like exclusively all I ate other than the barbecue. Wow, that's <laughs> so crazy. it was like nice to, you know, kind of come back home and being like, oh yeah, there are certain things that, you know, both places don't offer. And it's just also things that I grew up with. And, you know, in terms of like, downtown chicago being able to look at it and like, oh it's, wow i live here like that's cool you know yeah, and not it's almost being able like, to yeah, the, appreciate those small things that you just kind of take for granted and, and i think when you first visit when someone first visits chicago it's it feels like you're at a movie set like a, on, on a movie a set for bit. a little bit just just when you yeah. see the elevated train like in your mind and then you know, then once you're there it's like you're there but it's right, right. it is something unique Chicago has its own vibe and it's its own feeling and nightlife is different. And I'm sure COVID has changed a little bit of things, but yeah, for sure. But it, it's really, it's really funny. Cause like sometimes like my friends and I will be driving down downtown and we'll play the like Batman trilogy soundtrack while we're just like going through the streets and like, yeah, like you said, it's a vibe for sure. And it's kind uh -huh. of cool to like, be like, Oh yeah, that's where they filmed this and this and that. And uh, yeah, those chase, like, those chase scenes like underneath that. Uh, yeah. That's, like, yeah. Exactly. Classic. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, where he isn't it where he rammed the his car into somebody else or something? Wasn't yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. That and like chasing down Joker and all that kind of yeah, 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 yeah. But they also were funny. altogether. Yeah, what's funny too is like I'll see commercials all the time and it's downtown LA, but it's supposed to be a different city, or right. like it'll, it'll be New York, but it's like it's I can tell they're in LA and it's yeah, it's it's funny how they, they do that. Anyways, yeah, that topic has nothing to do with anything that <laughs> <laughs> I guess it does. It's life. But it's, so what made you what was the impetus then? to make this journey because I, I don't think I've ever heard this as to why you decided to move to Austin. You know, it was more, well, you know, I think like most people, it's just kind of like, I love, I love cooking on the backyard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really just stemmed from, you know, growing up grilling in the backyard with, uh, I'm really close with my family. So when we were younger, I lived with a large chunk of my family and the, the ones who didn't live with us, live with us, they, you know, after church on Sundays would come over our place and we would just grill and have fun especially in their summers and yeah. um you know a lot of it was like like karbi and purgogi and that kind of stuff um like traditional korean barbecue items and as i got older and i wanted to kind of do my own thing it was strange because like i wanted to just not that i didn't enjoy it but i wanted something that was a little bit more that was a little more simple and when i saw like texas style brisket just salt and pepper mike that looks like fun and so you know that's kind of what i went with uh, and also kind of mixing a little bit of like the competition style stuff, because mm -hmm. at that time, like, uh, what was it like early 2000s, all the inform barbecue information yeah, was, was out, there was all competition stuff. And so, you know, just like most people, like, you know, those Franklin videos uh, came up and, you know, I was like, oh, this is different. And then there was like one part particular day I did like a competition style brisket and just salt and pepper. And then after that, we all decided like, yeah, this one is better. And that was just kind of it. Just start from there. What were you uh, cooking on? Uh, I started off on a uh, 18 inch uh, Weber kettle 
Mm-hmm. So I burned half the brisket because it's just way too small. Uh, and it was definitely charred up, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then like, I think a weekend, like right after that, I was like, that was fun, but I'm going to try to buy one of those real smokers. So then I went to home Depot and bought a $200 <laughs> Brinkman. Uh-huh. And that in itself is like probably the hardest thing to cook on for sure. Just cause the metal is so thin. So thin. Um, and during the winter times I would actually get like, water cooler blankets and just wrap it around there oh that's uh, interesting yeah and throw uh cheap fleece blankets on top of it just to keep it like insulated as much as possible so um you know it was a huge progression of trying to do that then i got my uh smoker that i use in my youtube videos now and after that it was like well I, and i was doing pop-ups in my backyard uh which was so, knocks out barbecue and, and then wait, wait so was it was so was that a primitive back then no, uh, I didn't know that much about smokers back then. Uh, so the only two companies I was looking at was Yoder and uh, and Lang. And okay. I was trying to do my research on what's the difference between an offset versus a reverse flow and tuning plates and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I kind of went, ner- I nerded out a little bit trying to do that my was research important, back though. then. Yeah, for sure. Because you wanted to make sure you got something that made sense. And it's a it's an investment and it's something mm-hmm. that you hope to keep for a long time. Right. Okay. Right. So the primitive, the primitive is a more of a fast forward. That's what you Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's a couple of years fast forward. <laughs> We've sure. gone way ahead. I, yeah. jump. I always <laughs> jump. I always seem to jump ahead. So then, but then what then what sparked your desire to go but, and make the move? Is that something yeah. that's a big deal? Right. So I, I, well, like I said, the, the pit that I have in my backyard right now, my, after my first year of starting to teach, I finally had a little bit of money uh, for the first time in my life. And I was like, uh, and people were asking me like, when are you going to cook barbecue for us and stuff like that? And I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, then, you know, it might be fun just to do something during the summers when I'm not teaching. And we just started up doing a uh, pop-up, you know, pop-ups in my backyard. So uh, luckily I live re- really close to the church that I go to. So we grab like tables and, and chairs oh, from there cool. on like a Friday night. And then I had to like clean them all off and bring them back <laughs> the next day. Um, but yeah, we, we just kind of start off like that. And I cook like, you know, three or four briskets, maybe like, you know, six to nine racks of ribs, a couple, a couple of like pork bellies, oh. like just sides and this, I, I didn't know. I just like people knew that I was doing stuff. But, you know, the first day we started at noon, I was like, I don't know if people are going to come. And uh, and I was there with my cousin uh, who helped me kind of get started. And we were like, kind of looking around the corner. I'm like, there's no one there yet. But as soon as like 12 o'clock hit, I think everyone just like left their cars and we sold out of food within the first hour and a half. Really? It was, yeah, it was crazy. Were you kind of the first person in that area doing that? Oh yeah, for sure. I, there's, there's no one around that area. I mean, it's still mostly around this area. It's still kind of just like grilling in the backyard, stuff like that. Are you at the same place that is it, was it on Knox Avenue? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's, and it was that from the beginning, it was always called Knox Avenue. Barbecue. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, everyone wants to give their input and in saying like, why don't you call it Joe's barbecue or Yim's barbecue or yimmy, yimmy, yummy barbecue. And I was like, I didn't want to associate anything that had to do with me in particular uh, to me. Like I just wanted it to be something that had a specific name, but yeah. like I wanted to be something where at the end of the day, people are coming for what it is, not for the person and Love stuff that. like that. 
Uh, and it also just kind of, I don't know, there was like one day my friends and I were just kind of like throwing names back and forth. And someone said, what about Knox out barbecue? I was like, yeah, sounds pretty good. So yeah, let's go with that. Uh, so I'm saying it the long way, Knox Avenue. It's actually Knox Ave. Barbecue. I went Knox Ave just because, like you said, Knox Avenue was too long. It's long. It's yeah. too many syllables. No one likes to, <laughs> everything has to be really short and concise. Yeah. Said. So, but then still, and what, what did it, was the first place that you went to, was it Terry Black's or was it um, Leray Lewis? Uh, no, neither. So neither. like during the, the, so, well, sorry. Yeah. When I was doing those pop-ups after our first year, uh, my parents and I, uh, during one of my spring breaks, uh, we went to Texas for the first time okay. because at that point I've been cooking barbecue for like 10 years and trying to replicate this thing that I have never had before. How amazing is that? Um, and it was something that, you know, I was like, it looks similar. I think it might taste similar. Uh, so we decided to go on a trip and we ended up going to, uh, Louis Miller's Franklin and La Barbecue. And the first bite that we had there, we, I, after we took that first bite, we looked at each other and my parents, I think it was specifically my mom. She's like, yeah, your food needs to be better. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it was just kind of like that, you know, everyone talks about that aha moment mm -hmm. that you have when you eat barbecue. And it was for sure that, but even with that, like I had, you know, you watch all these videos back in the day of people like asking for pit tours and like, you know, the, the pit guys, like, like opening up the, the doors and all that smoke coming out and ooing and eyeing and and I quickly realized like that's a normal thing that they'll do for you um but I think as I've worked in restaurants and I've the first time I, I forgot who was working there but I asked if we could get a pit tour and the guy I saw his face and he's just kind of like uh. here's another one of those people coming in <laughs> to slow down my cook you know uh, but it wasn't until like you know, he showed it to us. We took a quick picture. I'm like, oh yeah, you can close it now. And as soon as I started asking questions, you know, that were relevant. Everyone, everyone wants to just finally like have a conversation about barbecue. Uh, and then like maybe two minutes later, Wayne pop, uh, pops out of the back, and I got to talk to him too. And it was just oh, like, that, what a moment! Right. It was just kind of like that first time I've ever had real barbecue, and here's one of the guys that I've watched so many videos about and heard so much about. Yeah, like an icon um, in the yeah. Yeah. And then I went to, you know, later on in that trip, we did the same thing at Franklin. That's where I got to meet Braun and we did the same thing, food. And then Braun and I talked about like, wood, like placing wood inside of a firebox. And like, he was like smelling the wood and like giving, like giving I'm me different de tricks about that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, okay. And then we went to La Barbecue. And at that time was when um, uh, Dylan Taylor was working there. And I was talking to one of the other guys and on my way out, I just happened to cross Dylan and we talked for like two or three minutes and then we exchanged uh, content information, follow each other on Instagram. And then I started talking to him for a couple of years. And oh, wow. after that, I was kind of like, there's something different about this place and the people here that is, it's not just like the food, it's like the people mm -hmm. and they just genuinely want to share things with you as long as you're interested and willing to actually learn like yeah what it means to, to right like when we say like there are no secrets but you have to do this this and this right you know mm -hmm. uh and you know that's the reason why i'm like hey i gotta quit my job and i'm gonna try to find a job here what did your parents think um my dad initially i wasn't nervous about telling my dad my dad was kind of like well, if you're going to do it, just 
all out. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. And uh, my mom was the one that I was a little bit concerned about. So like she and I went on a long walk and in the middle of the walk, I like told her like, Hey, I think I'm going to quit my job and do this thing. But I think in the back of her mind, she kind of knew not, not necessarily that I was going to like move there, but there was going to be something that was going to lead me there for a short period of time. Uh, and I, and I kind of like guilt tripped her and saying like, well, you told me my food needs to be better. So yeah, I, exactly. go. I was going to so, say that she told, yeah. she was the first person that said it. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it was obviously a little bit challenging, but at the same time, I think they understood, like, I, I kind of needed to get out of my system regardless mm-hmm. if I was going to pursue this or not. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't hurt to go down to learn from people that right. are, the, are the best at what they do. So what was mm-hmm. the, I don't know what the first place and you worked at then was. So the first place I uh, worked at was Terry Black's. So it was Terry um, Black's. Okay. Yeah. But uh, the crazy thing was like the places that I've worked at, I've never heard of them before I moved to Texas. Like Terry Black's was, was not on the lit, my first list of places to ask. Uh, Cause at that time it was those three places I mentioned and, uh, and Mickleway. Those are okay. only the four places that I heard about and knew about. And, and as I kept getting no's from them, uh, I was uh, trying to figure out like, well, I don't even know any other barbecue places that I, w- I would be you know, familiar with. And so I went back and watched a bunch of barbecue videos and it was, there was one where uh, I think Evan was still at Friedman's. So I messaged Friedman's at that time. And that was, and the reason why they were like, give us a call and do that. And now that I know the backstory of the place is because all the guys that we know of who work there, were all gone. So they were just looking to fill in space. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because right. there's that revolt, revolving door. Right yeah, there. yeah. Uh, and the other place, and then uh, Leroy and Lewis, I heard about them because I think it was within their first year and they, uh, they had one food truck of the year and they were a barbecue food truck. So those are the only two places that I was like, I want to go there and at least talk to them. And those are the only two places that asked me to, when I was going to visit, like to, yeah, let's come and let's talk, you know? So, so Evan had um, already, Evan Leroy had already left Freeman's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they were about a year in, um, and you know, I got, I got really lucky, uh, in terms of like how I got my job at Terry Black's was basically I emailed them and told them like my whole spiel about like, Hey, I'm a teacher from Chicago. I cook barbecue in my backyard, like, like stuff that like, you know, it's like telling like an NFL team, like, yeah, I throw, <laughs> throw the football around and I play, I'm the yeah. MVP of my intramural team. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, but hilarious. at the same time, you have to tell your story and How explain you do it, like where you're coming from. Right. And, you know, I, I got very lucky and, you know, I, in my mind, I was, I already quit my job and I told them that I was going to move to Texas regardless. And I just said like, if you have anything available, I would just love to work in a barbecue restaurant. And so my, my intention was to uh, wash the dishes and bust tables for, you know, two to three months. And after my shift was over is, was to stand by the pit, uh, by the pits, just to show them that I'm interested, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and for whatever reason at that time, you know, they were getting ready to open their second location in Dallas. Like they're planning that. Um, but they gave me a chance to work an overnight shift from the start. And I mean, I got very, very lucky to get an opportunity like that. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it, you sparked an interest. Like, I, I'm curious as to what these guys receive 
via email and requests for work. Now, now that you right. said like that, you sent that that email to them. I'm curious as to like how many Franklin gets every like a thousand emails. Uh, like, yeah, I bet. Yeah, year or something from or you know all of them. But it's but when can you explain? Because I and I think I'll put I I'm not I won't think I'll put a link below to yeah. your overnight. Isn't that an overnight cook that you? Oh filmed? yeah, uh-huh. that one's rad. That's like your biggest video. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that one was. Uh, that one was cool because like uh, the, the funny thing is my YouTube channel was not initially for barbecue. Uh, it was I created it to be more of like a vlog for people to know what I'm oh. what I was doing there for people back home. Uh, and I made that video because I wanted to show people. I think I said in the beginning of the video, like, hey, I just want to show you guys what we actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for people back at home, because we are going to do a pop-up together back in Chicago. So this is what kind of food we're trying to bring. Um, and and also because a lot of my kids were asking, they're like, when I told them I was moving to Texas for barbecue, oh, yeah, yeah. they're like, so you're moving to Texas to flip burgers? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, so, so obviously the oh, perception yeah, yeah. of barbecue is still not what... Um, what it is but um it i I don't really know what happened with that one because i genuinely did not expect it to be that big i was really just doing it for the 50 to 100 people who were back home who were watching my videos and that night i even forgot my tripod so i was holding my phone up against like like paper towel rolls (laughs) and glove boxes and a lot of times you know when your phone like drops you hear it like you hear that sound and i was like well, I can't restart this. Like I have to still work my shift. So luckily I captured enough like footage to clip together and make a video. And, and it's a time for, for, it's for people I haven't seen. It's a time-lapse of the overnight yeah, shift. Yeah, just working yeah. overnight shift. And you know, it was- but It's just interesting. Really cool. It's for people that haven't done it. Most people haven't. So it's kind of a yeah. cool. But what, what, but what was it like with the volume at Terry Black's? That's an induct, like, introduction into something massive. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing that I didn't know was uh, was so strange, you know, because in my mind, I, I only knew of the volume at Franklin, you know, from all the videos. Yeah, I saw how hard the guys were working at La Barbecue whenever I visited them. And so me stepping into Terry Black's, I knew it was a lot, but I didn't fully realize how crazy it is that they do that much, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why... I was able to learn so quickly because the first night I cook ribs is I cook more ribs in that first night than I've ever cooked in my entire life, you know, and just to be able to like do that over and over and over again is the reason why I could know, I I knew how to do things very quickly and that volume and just like watching guys trim in that, in that restaurant is insane. Like some guys trim, like guys there who exclusively work in the trim room are insane people who can trim a brisket in like 50 seconds like it's nuts Um, but it just it just gave me another perspective of what this like production of barbecue is because they have what do they run two shifts or something or three it's three shifts you have a morning shift a morning and afternoon shift for brisket and other things in between and then the overnight shift which is like ribs beef ribs if we need to do more brisket, more brisket and probably like sausage. So those overnight guys are the ones that like are never seen, but are the ones who yeah, right. basically know how to do everything. And that's Moberg's, right? Uh, at, at the Austin location, only one of the pits are Moberg's. It was like the, I think it's like the first Moberg at like, okay. um, uh, at a restaurant. 
And the other four were just kind of like built by some guy that they knew. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> okay. But then the, all the ones in Dallas, I think are all, that's what they're mm-hmm. all Mobergs. And I think he's making it. Right. I thought he, I think I saw that he's making another one for them or something for I have no idea. They they're yeah. they go nonstop. I have no idea. I can't keep because <laughs> they're they're opening in Dubai or something. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, those guys, the brothers, are just yeah. They're focused. They're they're and they're they're smart at what they do. It's oh yeah. So then I learned so, a lot from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, it, and it's interesting. There's been a. I need to. I was trying going to create at one point a family tree of where people came from, like Law Barbecue, Freedmen's. Uh, Terry Blacks, because so many people have funneled through so many places. Yeah. It's an, it's interesting to know kind of like all the Goldies guys have worked all these different places. Like, it's interesting right. where people have come from. But uh, but you've but your path then from there, did you go from there to Leroy and Lewis? No, then I uh, I I was I moved to Houston uh, oh, to help did? open uh, Truth Barbecue. Truth, okay, okay, that's yeah. Because Truth. Um, Truth was one of those places that I've. Uh, towards the end when I kind of was starting to get more involved in barbecue well truth was one place that I was like I don't think I'm ready to work at that kind of a place yet because like I I heard that there were top 10 and I was like I don't know if I want to go in and mess that up Uh, but I I remember going to eat lunch with uh, the guys at Terry Black's um, and we went and that was before the Houston location was open so it was in Brenham and when I ate the food there, I'm like, this is some of the best barbecue I've ever had. Like it was insanely good. And so I, I you know, remembering that experience was like, I want to do something like this too. Not that it was, not that it was something so different than what we do at Terry Black's, but to not have to worry about 250 briskets and like a hundred racks of ribs and like an insane amount of food, but just be like, Let's just focus on this amount right here and make it as good as possible uh, is something that I really wanted to see. Like, how does a top 10 barbecue place that's off of a, off the highway, yeah. like go into now a brick and mortar in a major city and kind of try to make that transition. Uh, so, you know, I, I got very lucky with that one too, because I don't know if this is true or not. I forgot who told me this, but uh, they told me someone said that like, they wanted to offer me a job because one, I worked at like a place that does a lot, but also because I was so interested in working there. I, I drove three hours there and three hours back for a 15 minute interview. And because like they yeah, asked so me, cool. they're like, yeah, they're like, do you want to come and eat dinner with us? It's like, Oh no, I gotta, I gotta ship tomorrow morning. So I got to head back now. And like, I don't know it, at that well, time. This shows like, that you're dedicated to your job. Like a, yeah. yeah, but There's it was also like, you know, everyone wants to like, like everyone likes to like pat me on the back, like, wow, you're such a hard worker. Like, yeah, but at the same time, like I'm only here in Texas because I want to work in barbecue restaurants. So to me, I was kind of like, I drove 18 hours to come here. What's another six, you know, back yeah. and forth to uh-huh. potentially work in another great place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so were you there at day one then? Yeah, I was there for the opening and I was there for about 10 months or so. It was, it was another uh, big volume, volume. Location. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to fletch about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just really cool because I really wanted to see what it was like, because Terry Black's was already set up, you know, it was kind of set up to where you can plug anyone in and you can teach them how to do certain things. As long as they can do that thing well, it's still going to run. And like I said, I learned a lot from there and they allowed me to not only work every shift in the pit room, 
but I got to work in the trim, sausage making, work in the front, being a cutter um, at some point, or the plan, original plan was for them to, was for me to move with them to Dallas to help them open up that location, but it got pushed, uh, which is why I decided to move to Houston. And so because of that, I was like, I don't really know what it looks like when it doesn't work, you know? Uh, and so I kind of wanted to see what it's like to kind of start from scratch um, and also work with someone like Leonard to be like, yeah, I want to see how your brain works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's different. There's different guys and the different ways that they're hands-on and not. And, right. and also different buyers, like different, it's like the food that they buy, the meat they buy, it's different. It's everything. Right. Yeah. So, so from day one, so what was the, so then did you get a chance to at all deal with all the pit stuff and all that? Wasn't there getting all that approved? Wasn't that really difficult? Yeah, it was a nightmare. Probably by far the hottest pit room I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life for sure. But it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, we, it took us about, I was there for a good month or so before we could actually get open. Um, but even then it was, we were trying to like lender and I were like, I don't know. We would stay up late, just like texting, being like, what went wrong? Like, and, and, and then to the point where he and I, after maybe two months or so, I was like, you and I need to go to Brenham together and do a cook so that I can see what might be different than oh, I what see. we're oh, doing. I see what you're uh, and so I also recorded a video about that. So it was just, uh, so he and I just I need went. to see that. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he and I just went and we just, just cooked brisket we took pictures of stuff like he and i are very similar in the same sense we're like we want the details of like what works what doesn't work and i was trying to see how he does things i'm like dude i want to know what you do and why and luckily his brain and mine are very similar in that sense so it kind of worked and then we realized we're doing the exact same thing so then we went back to the restaurant in houston and then we were trying to look at certain things like like the stack wasn't clearing the roof or the, the, you know, all the brick was just insulating our pit, like in the exchange and it was throwing everything off a lot. Of, ah. There's a lot of backdraft. So that's why we're getting a bunch of smoke in there. So it was kind of like this intensive learning about not only cooking food, but just like pit design and yeah. how the, your environment affects like your pits and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it felt like every day we were kind of like, all right, we learned something new. <laughs> but now there's something else that we got to fix now, you know? And it was, it was really cool just to kind of go through that, um, that experience. That's a once in a lifetime experience too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a struggle though, mentally, like trying to, but it's also, it's a challenge, like, because there is a solution. Like you knew that there was a solution out there. Just you needed to figure out all the different steps to make that solution work. So how long were you at the Houston location? Uh, I was there, I think I left in, yeah, I think I left in October. So I was there for about 10 months or 10 so. Months. Um, so it, it was great, though. I love my time there. It was challenging, like I said, because it was opening of a restaurant. And I think the other cool thing was cool and also frustrating thing was is like we were trying to figure out, like, how, like, like I said, how do you turn this top 10 place and still create that in a bigger place, which it's, it's hard because now you have so many more hands on the product that you're yeah, used yeah. to, they're probably used to having like two or three. True. And, and it was one of those things where like, I think I was, as I was working with guys and training guys, I was trying to think if this was my own place, what are the intangible qualities am I looking for in someone who comes in new, 
You know, huh. it's like, I don't want them to know necessarily need them to know how to barbecue, but what are the things that I am looking for someone that I'm looking to hire to hand this job off to that I would be very specific about, you know? And that's, I think that's also too what Fletch and Fletch, when I've referred to Fletch, we've both have referred to Fletch in this. Yeah. It's, uh, he, he worked, he's at Ragels and Katie, he's right. heading up Cato, uh, and he worked with Ragels at, uh, in Houston. Uh, but he was saying how, how much he loved working underneath you, that it was something that he was, you were a great mentor. So that was something that he really appreciated. And it was nice to hear because I'd, I hadn't heard a lot of people say that in general in the barbecue world. They, they say they learn a lot from people, but not like within the barbecue, like you had come from Chicago and then now you're a great mentor to somebody who, you know, I think that's great. I think that was, yeah. that was a great experience probably for you too. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing too, is like, I, I think me being a teacher and uh, having a teaching oh, yeah, and yeah. coaching background behind, uh, like before this, like I always tell people this, like, I don't think I would be able to be, be that person if I didn't do that before I got there. That makes you know? sense. Uh, like, it, it's just kind of like, I always catch myself being like in teacher or coach mode where I'm like, no, this is not how you do it. Like, this is how, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever yelled at anyone other than, I think the only time I yelled at people was when I went to the Dallas location at Terry Black's and uh, I, and we can talk about that once we get there, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was just kind of like, you know, I, I just, it was one of those things where I knew that I was super fortunate to learn as much as I did from a bunch of other people. And I felt like anytime, like, who am I to get, receive these opportunities and yeah. give when I'm asked if I, if I ask the owners like, Hey, can I try this? They're like, go ahead because now I've gained their trust. And in order for me to not pay it forward to me is, was a disservice. Right. Yeah. And also it's like, I also wanted to, in the back of my mind, I wanted to be like, no one would look at me being an, a, a Korean guy who is like five foot four working with these like giant beard men, like from Texas and be like, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. Right. And yeah. so if anyone was going to give me an opportunity to do this, I almost wanted it to be like, I wanted them to feel like they made the best pick possible to bring yeah. me on and that not only was I going to do my part but I was going to make sure that if I left that people knew what they were doing too wow that's that's great no that's that's so I, I love I love what you just said I was that's fantastic so how what was then you did did you go from there to to, to Dallas or did you go to Leroy and Lewis or did no you ever, I went did to you ever work at Leroy and Lewis? yeah I worked there for two like, months so two months, okay. this, so uh, so the, how, how my relationship with them kind of started was, like I said, when I first moved or before I was deciding where I should work, like Evan was one of the two people that said, okay, and let's meet. And I felt bad because I was like, who am I to say no to anybody? You know, and the fact that like, I got two people who said yes was huge. But, you know, I, at the end of the day, I figured that uh, Terry Blacks was the place that I should start off with. And but I already knew their story. And I always was like every week I was checking their menu to be like, what kind of new thing, crazy thing are yeah. they doing this time? You know? And 
because of that, I think they they just invited me in anytime like I wanted to, I was interested to like, yeah, hop in the truck or yeah, like go in the pit room, uh, go in that the pits and just check it out. Or, hey, we're doing a festival or an event. Do you want to come in oh, and see. cook with us? You know, and it was just one of those things where I felt like I was always kind of on their team. And then when I finally got there, I was like, this is cool. And uh, Evan was always there to support me. And even when I said like, yeah, I felt bad that I said no to you he's like but he was even the one who said like no i think you made the right choice because it's like if you didn't know how to do the basic stuff first like i don't think you would really understand what we're doing here which is true you know Mm -hmm. and so like i got to work with them and as difficult as cooking volume is and stuff like that working that food truck is probably the hardest job that i had because of space Uh, or just because of what they're pumping out well space uh, now the food was always interesting. So it was never like stressful. I was like, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, feels like you're working in like Willy Wonka's like chocolate factory, you know, it's like, there's always something new. And like the first time, like thing, like I was working in a commissary where it's like random cuts of meat come in then a whole hog just plops in and we have to break it down and we have to do this and that. And like oh, the fun. first week I was like, what is going on? And then like by the second week, it's just kind of like, that's what, oh, is. that's just how things go here, you know? And it was just like a really fun learning experience. But, you know, it was, like I said, it's just the, the labor of like bringing the stuff from a commissary to the truck. And it's like, you can't forget anything because you can't leave at that point. And being able to, I'm used to just watching the pit. And, but now it's like, you have to watch the pit, then you have to cut then you have to make sure you get enough wood. It, it was like a whole production in itself that people don't see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, and I've said this before. I just, I still feel like they're, even though they were, what, what were number they were top, were they number three? Or I four? think they're five, five, five. Well, but still, even though they're top, top five, I, I feel like they're under the radar. I don't think people. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, when I was working there, I, you would, close the truck with Sawyer sometimes and I would just be like how do people not know about this place mm-hmm. I would say that so often uh, but yeah. hey now they're getting their recognition yeah, and you know uh, I was just there two weeks ago and those lines were was, it was super long it was like really awesome to see how was that parking lot with the climbing gym and stuff <laughs> It's always packed. It's always packed. It's the worst. <laughs> it's got to be dumb. I remember yeah. hearing about it. I'm like, oh, it's going to be just mayhem. The neighbors right. be like, it's because it's like, yeah, this little gem that all of a sudden people start hearing about. So then from there, is that, then did you go to Dallas from, from there? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. so just like the reason why I had left truth initially was because at that time, this, that, that was kind of like close to being two years of me being in Texas. And yeah. I, it's something that I already told my parents and and my sister that like I think after two years I think I'm going to move back home. Okay. And so, but before I left, I was like I really need to work with those guys a little bit more. So that's just kind of like what happened. And then after I left them, you know, I uh, told uh, Mike and Mark that I would love to see them before I left. And um, at that time was when I think they opened close to like Thanksgiving, so they were open for about maybe a month or so uh and i was like and they're like oh we're in dallas do you want to stop by i was like yeah i would love to check out the new place and then i like talked to them like do you want to work here for a week and a half i was like 
okay. So then, so then I told my parents like, Hey, I'm going to be late. I'm just going to be uh, like another week or two late. And so I was there and I kind of, uh, uh, worked in the pit room a little bit and tried started training guys up there too. So that was the the week, not the week moment, but the moment where you got frustrated. And <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. So let me, I'll explain what, yeah. When I said, when I said, I kind of yell at the guys, I was like, it was the first time that, you know, I think it, well, it was cool because there were a couple of guys there, three guys there that were, um, they yeah, I think all three of them had watched that overnight shift video and they had said that they had decided to work barbecue or decided to contact Terry Black because, because of that. <laughs> and I was like, that is really cool. You know, uh, I don't ever want anyone to quit their job because of me, but um, Same, you know, that yeah. was really cool to see how like a video like that. Again, there's the very beginning of my trip at the very end of my trip and just kind of seeing like what happened in mean, that time was really cool, but it was like one of those things where like, Terry Blacks is a place where you're going to see a lot of cool people, you know, like whether they're celebrities, they're athletes, they're musicians, they're whoever, like they're the only place that's open, available and has enough food to feed people at odd hours. Yeah, really odd hours. have yeah. enough food to do that. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what, it, I forgot what school it was, but we're, they were inviting um, like I think, I think it was a football team. So some of the guys knew some of the athletes, they knew the coach and all this kind of stuff. And it was in the middle of us putting briskets on the pit. Oh. And then they all stopped doing everything to talk to them. So then I just seasoned everything up. I hit the fire, I closed the door down. And after they left, I just pulled them aside. And I didn't know there was a camera like right above us, but um, I basically just said, if you guys do that ever again, you will not be able to work here. Like, you you will see people like that all the time it's just how things go here and if you're not capable of doing your job while still being able to talk to people interact yeah yeah you will not be able to work here and i said it in other choice words yes. but that's what happened <laughs> and then i and then i walked back to the office and uh, it was funny cuz mark was sitting there with his sister and he was just laughing because he saw the whole thing in camera so. was he was he happy that you did that yeah yeah because he's never seen me yell at anyone either so he was like great <laughs> But also too, I think this is like for someone that's watching this and curious about your journey and learning about it's something that, that right there that could be a little nugget if they decide to work for Terry Blacks or somebody else that you have to do your job right. You know, tons of people are going to be coming through, but it's important to, to get the task done and make right. sure you stay on task. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I could. And it's <laughs> if that was like your only time frustrated in all your Texas stuff, like really frustrated. I think you did pretty good. Oh, that's. That's cool. So then when you came back, I know that when we had kind of talked about doing this chat, you had talked a little yeah. bit about how you kind of went off the, you know, off the grid kind of, and well, uh -huh. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Is that yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think late, well, I think everyone expected me to move back home and they're like, oh, I'm going to start a restaurant or do this or do that. Mm -hmm. They had these like really high expectations of what I was supposed to do while I was super flattered and encouraged to do so uh i didn't realize and again this was like i moved back christmas 2019 so this was a few right. months right before the pandemic hit yeah um and so at that time i told myself that i'm just going to give myself a break for a couple months um because the last two years i've just been 
working nonstop. And yeah. that's just kind of what I did. So I'm like, ah, it'd be nice to have a break. And um, then the pandemic hit and the break was a little bit extended. That's the, during the time my primitive pit rolled into yeah. uh, and we set that up uh, behind a brewery. And uh, I didn't realize how burnt out I was from barbecue until, and this was like five months later, right? I was still not ready to jump back in yet um, to the point where anytime I thought about cooking barbecue and anytime I thought about, I was talking to this with uh, Brad from uh, Chud's Barbecue. I was, I was over at his place this weekend. I was telling him about like during that time, even like hearing the shovel, like hitting the ground or hearing the creaks of like the fire uh, of the, the cook chamber doors and stuff like that, that stuff like gave me anxiety. It triggered you. Know? you. Yeah. yeah. And, oh. um, I didn't really know how to explain to people why I didn't want to cook barbecue. Cause I didn't personally couldn't really articulate it either. Other than the fact that like, I just kind of like, didn't want to do this thing right now. Um, and it was like hard because you're getting pressures from a lot of people being mm -hmm. like, when, when is your next pop-up? When can I get brisket? When can I, and I'm like, yeah, never, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe never. <laughs> right. Right. Stop. And, and yeah. you know, I, I, um, I had, I had like, my family was helping me during that time. I had some friends of mine that were helping me and it wasn't like I couldn't physically do the work because I'm used to doing that, but yeah. it was like mentally, I just was not there. I also didn't want to do the same thing that I just did in Texas. Um, but at the same time, that's all anyone wanted. They wanted brisket yeah. ribs and sausage and that stuff. And so I was just at a place where I was like, I'm not sure what I want to do. It's just that I know I don't want to do this at the moment. Um, Interesting. And so uh, I had like during those those first couple months, I just said, hey, I told the guys at the brewery, hey, right now I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I know that we had discussed about doing like pop ups, but I I think I need a break right now. And thankfully, they're very understanding um, and we're able to do more stuff in the future. Um, but it was one of those things where I'm like, and I, this is one thing that I told to people who I felt like I could say this to was like, if you want this for me in the future, you'll let me take this, this break now. Cause if I force myself to do it for the next, you know, three or four months, I may never do it again. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, I'm saying, I, I was thinking like it probably too, like you beat yourself up too. You probably, you probably, you want to make everyone happy, but also right. too, it's like, it's that, that would have been the worst thing I think for you. I yeah. Think. And it was also one of those things too, because like, you know, in a brand new pit, it's so easy for me to tell people who freak out about getting a new pit and their stuff isn't coming out right. I'm like it needs some time. Like you need to cook on it a bit more to like season everything to know, learn your pit and all that kind of stuff. And this is the same thing I told my sister. I, cause I was like, uh, cause I would always call her towards the uh, tail end of my cook when I was wrapping briskets or like they're supposed to be done and they weren't. And I told her like, I need you to tell me that, exactly this that i told you the first five or six cooks were going to be terrible they weren't going to be on time because the pit is new and it's just the way it's going to be and i called her and i was like the briskets aren't good and then and she again she's like remember what you told me to tell you and it was like that kind of stuff and like even though i knew that i just i that think i knew i needed a break yeah. right right and um so it was like and i was like really trying to figure out like what am i supposed to do right now because I, everyone wants me to do this one thing that I don't want to do at the moment. I have no other job that I'm looking for. 
it's still in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right. And so I spent a lot of time like working with like my parents have a little, uh, they have a little shop um, selling wigs and beauty supplies. So I worked there. Uh, And then I ended up luckily um, getting my old teaching job back. And it felt right at that time to be like, okay, this is something that one, I wanted to, I I knew I wanted to kind of get back to at some point in my life. And the fact that I was going to do it, I could do at that time was great. Um, Same school? Yeah. The same school? Yeah, same school. So, I mean, I don't know. I got very lucky because they said that they were hiring someone. It didn't work out. And then they reached out to me and I was like, absolutely. Yeah, I'll take it. And it's coaching football? Or uh, uh, training? Yeah. training? I mean, what is uh, what, yeah, what do you I, do? I do? teach high school math. Yeah. You teach, I teach high school, school math? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. Okay. okay. I yeah. So I did that. And then, you know, I, I and then I got back to uh, coaching football uh, last season. But it was just like a lot of these things where, uh, it felt good just to like, I felt like I was, I just recently feel like I finally moved back home because the pandemic just didn't like, you remember we were talking about in the beginning, like vibes of Chicago, it was not Chicago for a wow. good year and a half. And so now I feel like, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. This is why I came back. Like these is, this are the familiar feelings. And, you know, it's almost like you finally got like that tingling feeling back in your hand, like hands. Yeah, and then, yeah. Oh yeah. It feels right. Um, and so uh, oddly enough, you know, that's, uh, the time when, uh, like I competed on chopped and, um, yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Yeah. That was a really interesting situation because it was at the peak of my moment of like, I don't want to do this thing. Oh, it was during that time. Yeah. But oh. at the same time, you know, I, I kind of asked my, my parents and my sister, I'm like, should I, or should I not? And they're like, it's up to you. I mean, if you want to put yourself out there and just do it because like, I, I had this huge like imposter syndrome going on where I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I deserve this thing. Or like, I don't know why they're contacting me to compete. And it was this kind of a thing where I had to tell myself, like, I all, the reason why they are asking you is because you did all of this. Mm-hmm. So you have some sort of credibility. Right. And, and I think it was like more, more so it was like twofold. Like one, it was like, yes, I want to feel like I'm validated in the work that I did, but I also at the same time, I wanted it, I wanted to be a huge thank you to those people who have supported me since day That's one. True. And now this is kind of like, look what you guys allowed me to do because you've been supportive for up to this point. You know? Did you enjoy that experience? Uh, stressful. Yeah. I mean, it was so different than anything that I've done before. You know, like I don't, I told them like, is this like an extended cook time? Because, uh, the shortest thing I cook is like four hours long, you know? Uh, and so like, it it was interesting because one, I was like expecting to be, you know, called for like a barbecue show, but no, this is chopped. And they said it was a grill thing. I was like, oh, so we're outside, but it was inside in a gas grill. I'm like, none of this is what I do. That's <laughs> no, not my real um, house at all. Yeah. And, um, and it was like against like, like two real chefs, one other barbecue guy. And I was like, I don't really know where I fit into this, but like, why not? Let's just yeah. try it. And I just was luckily, I was like, I just don't want to get chopped first. Like I want an opportunity to at least do a little bit more than just one dish. Yeah. Uh, that, that's not the best. And you know, luckily I was able to make it all the way to the dessert round. And, you know, that was really, really cool to kind of 
go through all the stages and say you've at least made it to the end. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's a unique experience. And I think that because Aaron Fegis, wasn't she? That was chopped yeah. that she won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Aaron was there. Evan went on. Uh, Leonard went on. Leonard, yeah. Uh, S.L. Wool was on the yeah. same episode as Leonard. And so it's like, you know, in terms of like the group of people that got to compete on the, that kind of competition to say like, oh yeah, I didn't win like they did, but <laughs> yeah, know, at least I got like, to compete on <laughs> but, it's, yeah. but it is something cool. 30 years from now, 40 years from now to look back and say, I was on chop. Like yeah. that's a, there's a small amount of people that have been on. Right. Like it's, it seems like there's a lot, but actually, if you think about it in the scheme of things, there's not a lot yeah. of people that have been on that show. It's did they film that in LA or is that in New York? That was in New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. That yeah. Seems to be good. yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So, so now how do you like with, I was curious because you said you're a math teacher. So are you teaching yeah. four periods of math then or? So I'm an assistant teacher. So right now I'm helping out in like six periods of math. Uh, yeah. What is it like teaching kids these days? Like, is it with phones and different, cause it's different than when you went to high school. Is it? Yeah. Um, it is uh, different for sure. And it's hard to like right now, the one thing that we're having difficulty is, is I, 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 I kind of, this is the words that I use when I try to explain that kids just don't do the work anymore. Like they're capable, they don't is the academic endurance. They just don't have that anymore after the pandemic. It's like, they're used to not oh, having to do anything. And so I never realized how much like that could affect their like schooling, but more so even that was like their mental health. Right. And uh, I think oddly enough, my time that I was talking about when I was like having anxiety and panic attacks almost every day allowed me to be a better teacher when I came back, because there are a lot of kids who were going through that, that you could physically see it on them, but they didn't, like I said, they didn't have words to articulate what they were feeling. And so I would, if I knew a student struggling, I would just explain to them how I felt during that time. They'd be like, yeah, that's how I feel too. I'm like, okay, I get it. And like, Let's just take our time and let's just manageable chunks. You know, yeah. I think they're like me where they want to get to point A to point Z, but there's a lot of stuff that's in the way that oh, yeah. we have to kind of get to, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of distractions just in general. And then because of the pandemic, and then it's good that you have the empathy now because you went through that. It's not great that you went through it, but it, you know, it shapes who you are and right. makes you probably a better teacher and better able to relate with. And you don't think about the kids and if like, I don't have kids. And so like, there's, a lot of people that you know that's it's such a challenge and if they're really young kids that's different than it's it's challenging but it's a different kind of challenge than like the high school group the junior high to high school group that right. have missed essentially like a year and a half almost exactly you're right mm-hmm. of their life it's such a so it's, it's a weird time it's going to be interesting to see a few years from now or five, 10 years from now what all this you know how people are because right. of how it translates to who they are when they're in their twenties. You know? Yeah. 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 That's going to be interesting. So, so then what do you, so for, if someone's listening to this and they, they're going to be that annoying person that wants to know what your plans are barbecue wise, are you going to kind of just, have you started doing pop-ups at all or have you? Not yet. So um, I'm, so in this, so what I've been trying to do lately is I've been luckily fortunate enough to uh, build a little more traction with my YouTube, uh, YouTube channel. So I've been able I'll to put a link to that below. Yeah. yeah. And I've been, it's been cool. Cause I've been able to not only do stuff with people that I knew like back in Texas, but even to work with other, um, guys that cook on YouTube too, like, um, mad scientist, yeah, like yeah. Jeremy Yoder, like Guga, like who does the sous vide, everything or Guga foods, like 
we cooked an entire half wagyu cow in his <laughs> that backyard. Crazy. Yeah, and I was that. like, you Looking know, nuts. like that, those those kind of experiences are like I, I don't plan for them, you know, yeah. like they just luckily I've been very very fortunate that those opportunities come up and when they do come, I just again it's the same thing as like receiving a job when you go to somewhere else. Like yeah. you want to make sure that when you come to those things that your whatever you do means something that you're just not someone there who's just taking up space. Yeah. And so um, I think just being able to collab with people and do stuff like that. Um, the other thing that I've been uh, that I've been doing lately um, is offering consulting to people. Um, so I'm working with someone right now who is literally uh, down the street from me and we've been talking for like two years. So work on that. Uh, and I got a couple people around the country who have reached out to me showing interest. And so uh, I'm going to be doing some traveling in the next couple of months. Okay. So that's that. something people can reach mm -hmm. out to you for. Right. And uh, you know, that's the thing that off, that's great about being a teacher, having summers off is that I can uh, still do pop-ups during that time, which I'm going to get back to in this upcoming year. Wow. This is so interesting. It's like, I, and I've seen different interviews. Like I just didn't, there's a lot of stuff that, that we talked about that I had no idea that. Okay. So this is, yeah. this is really interesting. And, and, and it's interesting too, because I think that, people just assume that you would just go up there and, and open up or do stuff. And, you know, there's challenges in people's lives. And it's, it's something yeah. that I think that you're doing it the right way and doing this consulting things too, that'll be eye-opening and interesting and exciting. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the one thing that I really, one thing I love doing more than like cooking videos on YouTube is like, I, I think that the barbecue allows me access to, certain places and people that I would not know of otherwise. For sure. And in the same way, I, one thing that I love to do is telling other people's stories or showing what it's like to, uh, to see the behind the scenes and not just watch barbecue videos from like eaters or munchie and stuff like that, where <laughs> yeah, they're okay. showing like slow-mo briskets getting pulled out of butcher paper, but like seeing what it's like to, like what these people are really like when mm -hmm. they're off camera, but on camera, you know, yeah. like, like we, we, in Terror Blacks, we had travel channel come and they wanted a, a shot of me throwing a log into the fire. And they're like, can we redo that shot? I'm like, no, the log <laughs> is on fire. What are you talking about? You know? And it's like, it's like that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, of course there are certain things that are more curated like yeah. any cooking videos more curated, but like vlogs where you're showing what people do and like what their, you know, what their lives are really like. Yeah, that's I what I is, love. Is, yeah. It's more important. And that's why like interviews and or podcasts like this are, are fun because it's like, there's yeah, that's why really I love to them hide. too. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I feel like it shares a piece of you. Somebody might grab like just gather a little chunk that they, that inspires them because you know, we're all, we're all stuck in our heads and we're all trying to figure right. out what's the right thing to do and what makes us happy. And I think that, you know, I think that you've, you've touched on a lot of different things within this, within this interview. And yeah, that's what, and that's, I care more about the people. Like I think, I, I don't know if I've, met, I've mentioned to you, but yeah, someone said like, I, I, I never really read the reviews of my, in my podcast and <laughs> stuff. And someone said like, like, he doesn't talk about barbecue. And I'm like, well, it's the people. It, like I, right. if I could, if I could talk back to that person, I'd say, Hey, you know what? I love barbecue, but it's, this isn't a how-to show. This is right. I'm trying to you know, learn about you and learn. And I feel like I know more about you. And I think I feel more comfortable now hanging out with you because I know you more as a person, as opposed to, 
you know, I think we just kind of knew each other just right. on a, perf- a periphery level. And so it's, yeah. I, I, I appreciate what you've done. And also, you know, it's, there's, there's, a, there's like a whole sea of things that you could do now. So yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing too, is that I think a lot of people nowadays have the ability to tell their own stories. Right. And I mm-hmm. think it's, unfortunately, one of the things that I realized while being on Chopped is that you have very little control over your own narrative when you're sure. on a show. And uh, especially during that time, I was, uh, you know, going through the stuff that I was talking about. I didn't really talk about that part, but, um, you know, I wanted to, I more explicitly talked about like representation, especially in barbecue. And last year was when like, beginning some, from the start of the pandemic, it was like, like stop Asian hate, which was huge. And like, just being able to see that so many times on social media and, I that's the one thing I talked about in on there was like uh, once I made it past the first round I was like during my entree round I thought I was going to get chopped so I was like well I'm going to make it a, a an emphasis to say something that's important yeah. and I was like you know for me not only did was I welcomed into these these communities that a lot of people that like that look like me aren't really in but when I got in there I wanted to make sure that I was someone who could you know, be someone that it's recognizable. And I wanted to make sure that we're all represented in a, in a good way. But the only thing that they said there was that I'm, I'm just a high school teacher. And so when I saw that, I was kind of like, well, that stinks. Yeah, that that's does, why yeah. I, I, I kind of lean more after, after seeing that I lean more on, you know, telling my own story through their YouTube channel, because there are certain things that I find are really, really important. And I, and, and, Look, at the end of the day, am I trying to make money with YouTube videos? Of course, but I'm not going to try to follow the trends of YouTube just to get the clicks. I'm more interested in allowing people who are interested in what I do to be avenues for me to do more things, you know, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to be anything more than myself. And I feel very uncomfortable when I'm, when I'm anything more than just being authentically myself yeah, yeah. anyway i just don't know how to it's very weird <laughs> so no, it, it seems um, like that's your yeah. authentic you're very authentic and i think that's that comes through and i i if you if you didn't think it did it does it, it definitely right. does yeah and i think that's an and that's important that people see that like that everyone sees it's like like who knows if a korean kid could watch this and say oh you know i could do this like i could do this someday like or it's just it's a great thing it's important. I think representation is the most important thing. I think that's something that the United States is learning. And I think there's a lot of people that are, there might be people that are listening to this or watching this that aren't comfortable with what's happening, sure. but it's in, you know, it's important. It's easy for me because I live in LA. I have a very eclectic yeah. group of friends, but there's people yeah. that like, live in communities that are just all the same mm-hmm. and, you know, be it whatever. And it's right. just, yeah, it's, I, we're living in a very interesting time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where I made a point to make a post about it very specifically. And, mm-hmm. you know, one person made a comment. I was like, I don't know what it looks like. Like he's like, and he was being very genuine and I, and I appreciate it. And he was like, what does it look like to be an ally? Like, I don't know. And, uh, and then he's basically said, I feel like I'm like patronizing just by posting things on my story and stuff like that. And I, I was like, yeah, I completely understand. And I, and I appreciate you saying that, but I also just said like, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily, I don't need you to change your Instagram page to be filled with like captions and text of all this kind of stuff. But it's the fact that like, we see so much of that 
on social media, but then when we step out to the real world, none of that is really changed. Doesn't so until we now. can see that being changed without the necessary captions and videos and that kind of stuff is, you know, what needs to be more focused on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't, and, and I don't, I don't knock anyone for not posting certain things because I understand the idea of being patronizing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just in your circles, wherever you are, just be that voice of reason because you might be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, and everyone needs support. It's a, it's, and it's, it's not patronizing as much as in my mind, it's, as it is supporting. I think it's, right. you know, that's, oh gosh, well, I could talk to you for another hour. Yeah. I actually have to do we'll, something. We'll do a part normal. three, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's part three. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, that's awesome. That's, this is so, this is so great just to, to chat with you. And I figure I, I know that I, you know, if we were hanging out, there'd be another few hours because there's yeah, for sure. a lot of questions. We'll have to about, do in person sometime. Yeah, yeah, without we, cameras, yeah. yeah, without cameras and <laughs> yeah, no social media, nothing, not yeah. even. But uh, but have a have a great rest of your week. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. All right, take care. All right, See you. Bye.